Hey, welcome to the ninth installment of Technician Talk. It's Carm Capriato with episode 528. I'm with Bob Hype, Peter Landry, and Matt Fonslow. You're about to hear a deep and outspoken episode on training. Now, if you can't find the time to listen in one sitting, then listen in chunks, because you don't want to miss this at all. We recorded this at Vision KC 2020. Idiot over here is like, I'm taking Scalar's basic electricity. And I'm like, oh, one what? of the best classes yeah. I ever took. Bye-bye. I'm like, if you're taking it, I'm taking it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And and we walk in, sit down. Guy looks at Matt, our other friend, says, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here. And I'm like, okay, Oh, Scalar said that to you? They, yeah. Okay, oh. they know each other. Wait a minute. What's going on here? But you knew you needed it. You wanted oh, yeah, it. You I had to have it. it. Yeah. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hi, friends. Carm Capriato, the aftermarket podcast guy. Hey, just a moment to mention Apex 2020. Let me suggest that if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is right for you. New this year, Repair Shop HQ and a fully built-out six-bay shop on the show floor. The dates, write them down, November 3rd through the 5th at the Sands Expo and Caesars Forum in Las Vegas. Registration opened in April at aapexshow.com. Hey, let's get this podcast resource out to all aftermarket friends in each of our communities. You know, it matters to me to get these stories, ideas, insights into every corner of the aftermarket. You can help so we all rise to new levels of success. This interview is perfect for every shop owner, technician, service advisor, distribution worker, trainer, and so many more. Keeping tuned in to technician training will help us all share this with a friend. Hey, look, we are also doing our part to cover COVID-19. On my homepage are podcasts, think tanks, and forums on business during these times. Also, links and downloads to forums that will help you navigate this unprecedented challenge, RemarkableResults.biz. Hey, don't forget the views and opinions expressed are those of my guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the author, sponsors, associates, or affiliates of LSTN Media, LLC. Hey, find the talking points at RemarkableResults.biz slash E528. Now, Tech Talk 9 with Bob Hype, Peter Landry, and Matt Fonslow. This outspoken trio ponders training in a big way. Since we recorded at Vision, it was a perfect topic since Vision is the premier training event. As is typical with this trio, they don't hold back. And we also had some fun, too. We cover what it takes to be a trainer, what type of student are you, hands-on, play versus research, and critical thinking, just to name a few. Hey, we're in the Vision 2020 studios, and uh, it's Tech Talk. I think, guys, is it part eight? Who's keeping track? Uh, it's I turning can- into like a Friday the 13th deal. Oh, man. I, I, I think it's part eight, guys. And for, forgive me for not checking, and, and maybe while we're here, I'll, I'll reach over to the computer and check it out. Uh, Matt Fonslow, Pete Landry, Bob Hype. First, we need to bring attention that Carm got Pete's name right the first time. Oh, Which, yeah. yeah. It's, it, well, Take one. I mean, what what's going on? It's only been eight tries, yeah. I usually slay laundry, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shh. All hey, right. Close enough. So so I figured we'd talk about uh, what it takes to be a, a, a great technician, what it takes to be a technician. The knee-jerk reaction is to always go to diagnostician. What does it take to be a, a good 
capable t- diagnostician, but there's so much more. And that maybe gets a little bit of the, um, you know, the glittery um, props that, you know, people want that. That's what they're striving for. That put on, maybe put on a pedestal a little bit. What do you mean? I don't know. Props, <clears throat> props. What do you mean? When you think about, you know, diagnosticians, that's what I think gets promoted as uh, elite. It kind of gets put on a pedestal. Oh, I see. And so you have people, you know, te- techs coming in and they, they're trying to become the next, uh, they're striving to be diagnosticians and that's, that's great and all, but we still need the R and R techs and they're extremely important. Yeah. And that can't be overlooked and it's different skill sets, different mindsets, personalities. Your, yeah. Your, your brain works differently and it's not good, bad, better, worse. It It's all part of okay. this machine. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places for personalities and different, different personalities rather to, and to fit into the technician role. Like you're saying, yeah. there's a wide, there's a huge amount of options. So if you come in, you got a ton of options and you could be a great tech at R and R diagnostics. Um, you can move, you know, you can also transition to the office. You can transition to becoming an owner. There's, there's a huge amount of options and, um, it's not just limited to, you know, diagnostics or. All right. So, so maybe this question was too big and broad, Matt, based on what you brought up. So let's do this. If being a great technician at whatever level, okay, that you, guys both said you need to be what about what's the commitment to training how does your development as a team player fit in the dynamics of the company i'm just here to turn a wrench no you're on a team you guys have all felt that and and know that and some people that can't do that they're out they don't even want to be worked with I've heard some t- incredible stories today about having the owner invest in a technician. And uh, was it, there was a plane ride last year. Uh, ironically, the, the tech who didn't get paid to go was sitting next to an owner that brought his entire team. Within a week, that guy from the center seat who didn't have it paid was working at that shop because he looked at that shop with a commitment to invest in. What's it take to be a great tech? Well, here's the kind of shop you need to look for. That, that's kind of where I'm going. And... I don't think we can talk about it enough. And I think there's a lot of technicians out there, mechanics, whatever we want to call ourselves, that need some direction and guidance. And you guys know what's around the next corner. And some of them don't. And they're not networking. And they're not talking to people. And they may not be on social media. And if they are, they may be hearing the wrong stuff. Or they are on that stuff and they're hearing the wrong stuff. They could be reading the correct stuff and so, interpreting it incorrectly. So I'm the guy that everybody loves to hate because, well, I'm going to try and tell things the way I view it and the way I kind of picture reality. Last night I was uh, discussing training with somebody. It was basically look at all the conferences and whatnot, and they've gone from this core of quality training to larger and larger classes offered but the level of the class is going down. That's going to require an explanation. Is it the length of time we're trying to do too much in a short period of time? Is it the material isn't good? The material is not good. Okay. The length of time in some instances isn't enough. It's a situation that um, instead of going out and finding the best trainer and paying him or her, 
a decent wage because of that knowledge or whatever, they move on to the large corporate that is uh, a, a training grinder. That That's one element of it. So another element of it is the perspective of the person looking at the training as well. How maybe the three of us look at the training offered at a conference or local or whatever is one way. But maybe somebody lower level looks at it as, wow, that's advanced. So the higher you get in your ability, the less training there is for you. Um, but the other element of it is the higher you get in your training and your ability, the more you're able to look at the trainers that are teaching wrong stuff. I see the, the YouTubers that are shoving wrong stuff out. Mm -hmm. And there's, that's the biggest problem is there's wrong information going down there and there's, there's trainers, there's texts, there's everybody going, Oh, this guy said it. It must be true instead of going out and verifying and testing and seeing it's it, if it is true. I'd just like to kind of clarify wrong being inaccurate. Um, and I don't want to imply, or I don't think Bob means to imply that if it's wrong, it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. And sometimes it'll still get you there. Um, doesn't mean it's right or, or accurate. But that, I think that's what you mean by wrong. But like, an, I mean, the testing, like ohms yeah. testing, you're going to take and pull out an ohm meter to test a circuit. Can it be right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And the ohm meter will tell you if it's bad, but if, if it's, if it's good, it, it could still it, be bad. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, it's not it's, accurate, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not wrong, but it's not accurate. Yep. And, and then there's instances where we're talking about ap applicability versus um, accuracy and uh, that could get dicey. Um, I'm thinking that like a lot of stuff going on there. One is something grows, like an event grows. You now have a vacuum to fill to get material, whatever that is. And not at, at some point, it's you can't be as choosy because there's just not enough. That's not a defense. I think it's just it's a that's just the way it is. Yeah. That's, that's the, the physics of it. But wouldn't it be a different thought process? to instead of saying my my it's growing it's growing it's growing to maybe look at it as a commodity and say it's going to be this big and it's going to be quality and you want to get in you better get in early and because otherwise you're going to be shut out i mean there's definitely like vision there's classes that are that way but not all the classes i mean you can't have all the classes but what you were saying there too seems to echo how techs are tr uh, treated as well to be a really high quality trainer requires that ego or really maybe in some cases to be a, a, a trainer period because like you're saying they're not always the best compensated so now you're up there um instructing presenting your material or someone else's because of the ego to be up there and then you know over time and all that time investment of what research we're at work, collecting data, assembling it, studying, um, presentation techniques, all that stuff. 
to become. You, you need ego to do just about anything. Yeah, I was going to. And, and, and it, I look at it like this. There are, I know a lot of coaches and, you know, know a lot of the trainers, uh, but I've, I've talked to coaches more and there's always that issue is I own my own shop and now I'm a coach and they don't think I could be a good shop owner because so I became a coach. And some, and I've asked that people, I said, do you really feel that way? And they say, no. I love what I do. This is what I was, I, I, I wasn't sure. So I'm doing all this stuff and I finally found my, my golden goose, whatever it was. And if you think about a technician's trainer who is, who loves what they do and they're good at it, maybe ego is part of it. Boy, I think that's something that ha- has to push you to be better at what you do. But there are a lot of trainers out there that love, they, they were destined to be it. There's some out there right now that, that, that are going to be our future trainers, they probably don't know it yet. Are we talking about presenters or trainers? Because oh, I, I think that... Well, oh, that's a big word. Yeah. To me, I, I have a hard time agreeing with trainers needing an ego um, because I think it's a very humbling experience to be... You uh, can have ego and be humble. It's not. It, 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 there's a huge difference between arrogance humility and ego oh okay maybe i need to get myself a dictionary <laughs> I, I guess i was I'm just thinking sure. like but, i mean se- ego can just be i mean self-assurance and that kind of a thing you're talking confidence yeah because ego is usually referred to as a negative attribute you know i love to have you guys go down these rabbit holes it, it, it's so important can i try to drag you guys even though i thought what we talked about is worthy of just letting it sink in and, you know, let the audience think that through. But, you know, think about being a, being a technician in, in our industry today and the commitment to training. I mean, you know, th- that's all I want to know. I want to know what's the commitment to training that's necessary for the technicians of today. I mean, shop owners will say, listen, in order to grow a great company and do the job right and have bay efficiencies and, and everything and prevent comebacks, we've got to have 40 hours a year. And, you know, I've never had technicians to come on to say, that's the right number, it's the wrong number, it should be some online, it should be some leader-led, it should be some hands-on. You know, let's let's just talk about that mix. Everybody's different, and how they learn is different. But I think that everyone will uh, agree that the best way to learn is hands-on. I don't care what you're doing. I mean, industry out of the industry. If you're involving your hands and doing stuff, the more senses you use, the more you learn and retain. Right. Yep. Experience. Yeah. Often what I find in the best lessons I learn are uh, experience develops questions. Then I'm a man with a question I need answered. And when I go down that path and I'm, I'm looking for the answers to a specific question, that's when the, what the real knowledge is gained. I believe I have an applied knowledge at, you know, I'm gaining an applied knowledge at that point, as opposed to a theoretical knowledge or, you know, well, I think I know how that works. No, I need to know. <laughs> I need, I need to have an actual answer to this problem. And that's where, you know, I think again, it, it depends. And that's you, Matt, it's similar. I mean, we were talking earlier today about, I mean, how basically learning and absorption and all that kind of stuff goes and older you get, a little harder it is to get some of the stuff. But what happens when you are suffering from severe dyslexia or some other learning 
thing where you go and read stuff and you're like, now I'm more confused than ever because it's just a jumbled mess. More power to the guy that can go out and read white papers and stuff like that. But I'd put a bullet in my mouth. It it could even be, you know what, if you're reading a white paper, you have a reason to read. You're not, I don't know many people that are reading white papers out of curiosity. I have a question I'm trying to answer. And most papers that I'll read or any of that technical stuff, I'm not reading it cover to cover. I, I can't, but like for me to open up and look at a white paper, I mean, my head hurts hard. I'm not, I don't consider myself a dumb guy, but by no means am I a genius. And I'm trying to sort through this stuff. And it's just like, this stuff is so heady. It is so far above my intellectual ability to grasp it. It's like, what do I do with it? I crumble it up and I throw it away. And maybe it's just a flaw in how I process. And I don't know, but you're overwhelmed for sure. Yeah, right. And and I don't think that's abnormal because I can tell you as you're going through and, and Matt, I, I know we've talked about this. As you're trying to answer a question, what do you do? Unfortunately, you develop more questions. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. So you start reading this this technical document, whatever it may be. You get through the first paragraph and go, I have no idea what he's talking about. I got to go look that up now. It gets expensive. It, it does, uh, you know, and you miss. Yeah. <laughs> you miss. You miss. But if oh, you can't process the information, yeah, it ultimately comes down to now getting back to one word you said network maybe you need a network of somebody that you can stop and say hey i need somebody to help me put a pin in it network hold it there if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket well you need apex now more than ever and here's why technology is driving so much change these days and it's so hard to keep up Apex, well, they've got you covered with outstanding technical and management training, the best of the best. This year, topics are going to cover alternative fuel vehicles, diagnostics, telematics, and underhood and undercar challenges, just to name a few. Then there's the all-new Repair Shop HQ, which I just can't wait to see and experience. It's going to have everything for shop owners and techs. You'll see demos in a fully built-out six-bay shop and the new tool and equipment theater. And there's so much more for you at Apex. You'll learn about the hottest trends and opportunities, discover new products, meet face-to-face with suppliers, expand your network of contacts, so important, and also plan for future growth. Apex will take place November 3rd through the 5th in Las Vegas, and registration opens in April at aapexshow.com. Hey, keep listening here for more news about Apex 2020. I wrote down, remember I asked you what's important to be a technician today? I wrote down reading. You, you, don't, don't shy away from it. Don't think it's not important. I remember going to an ADAS class. Just me. <laughs> I wanted to see what it was about. And they said, you got to, you know, you got to read. You got to read. I think you guys may have talked about this on the shows in the past. Don't be, be committed to read. Reading is not wrong when you're trying to learn something. And reading is going to be a, a daily thing if you're fixing cars because yeah. service information is written. You I don't have to read it. I, I remember somebody come up to me and say, the, uh, we were telling our, uh, our customers as they were, had the window to look out in the bay and if you see our guys in the white lab coats and they have laptops and there's papers 
and you think that they're, you know, hey, boss, let me fix it. I'll, I'll read about. It. No, that's a requirement today. It's important that we take the information that's available on this vehicle or this problem and learn it because guess what? There's hundreds of thousands of issues out there and we all can't know enough. I don't, I don't know if it's learn it. It's maybe interact with it because there's too much. Yeah. You know, it's, it's developing the skills to either use your network, use your um, service information, whatever your uh, point of reference is. You need to learn the skills to find the information. The information itself, I don't think you're going to learn. Um, you need to learn to be a good student. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, Maybe that's the answer. I Done. suck at Keep that. Going. Oh, really? Why? Oh, I'm a horrible student. I because. Well, he's just an asshole. <laughs> well, a. But shall I bleep that? No. Well, leave that in. It's sometimes true. <laughs> sometimes it's Bob we're talking about. <laughs> Hey, I own it though. Yeah, he admitted. So, and I'm proud to be friends with this. Oh, yeah. but I mean, I grew up. I, I didn't have. I, I dyslexic early on. Really? Not diagnosed. Mm -hmm. I hate to read. Absolutely. I mean, it is. So, is visuals is more important too. I mean, does that and, work? And touch. Okay. Yeah, that's why you're and, the hands-on guy, right? Right. Yeah. So, for me. It's one of those things that I'd never learned how to take notes. Yeah. I never had that process of good learning studies. And if you want to be a good technician, you want to be, I don't know, today, you want to be good at anything. Knowing how to read, take notes, have good math skills, all of that stuff's really important. And being coachable. Yeah, that be well. That's a situation where you're humble, saying I'm willing to learn. I'm, I'm, I want to be a student. Yeah. And that 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 transcends across almost yeah. all fields, right? Right. Exactly. So, if you wanted to get better at a certain aspect, you could jump on YouTube and watch some videos on how to, you know, learn to take notes, learn to take, uh, you know, to be more coachable. There's there's a video for everything. The the generic answer is attitude. I mean, that will help immensely. The, the, the attitude to do what needs to be done, whether that's investing time and, and training, keeping your mouth shut, ears open, all that, you know, that will help immensely. And I understandably so. We keep drifting a little bit to the, the high tech stuff, but I keep coming back to just C tech, B tech stuff too. Not that it's easier, but younger, you're, you're coming into the trade, right? You're, you're, you're new to the trade. You're reading this stuff, but you have nothing to base it off of. You don't have any fundamental to base it off of because you've just really started working on vehicles. And so it's trying to be in an environment to get either your hands on or watch somebody, shadow somebody to see something. And then when you're reading it, be able to go, you know what? I think I know what they're talking about. I remember when Bob was taking that apart. I remember that. Okay. I Now I can picture this in my head and this now makes sense. Do you know why he talks about this a lot? I, I've heard you talk about this whole thing a lot, about the B and the C guy. Because in your shop, you're the A guy, and you have these other people working with and for you, and you see their value. Oh, it's tremendous. A, I don't have to do Financially, it. Financially, <laughs> they're more valuable probably than Matt. I, yeah, by far. I think they generate far more funds directly to the shop than I do. No question about it. One of my takeaways from this, this last like 10 minutes was to, to shop owners that are listening. So you bring, there's thousands of technicians here going through all kinds of great classes and 
everyone learns at a different speed and rate and absorption rate. I mean, that that's my take. You know, like you, you talked about your challenge, Bob. There's a ton of guys down there that are just like that, but they're being emerged in this GDI class. They're not good note takers. They may not get the uptake. And when they go back to the office and distill all the different classes with each other, I think one of the only and best ways to learn it is to teach it, is to, is to reteach it. Here's what, here's what I learned. Here's what I remember. And is, and when you teach, you learn. And that to me needs to almost be a big part of being a good diagnostician or a good technician or a good mechanic is you've got to be able to distill the things that you know. And, and I, I think Bob hinted at it or probably blatantly said it and I didn't catch it, but I think you have to identify what kind of a learner you are. You really do, right? Because I think Pete and I, for sure, are theory guys. Well, you where, just said, "Shut up and listen, asshole." Right? <laughs> but I think we're, we're we are theory guys, and there's a lot of theory guys out there. But we're theory guys. So if I go to a, a, a class or I read something and I understand the premise of it, I understand the workings of it. Like, okay, that makes sense. I know what's going on. I don't have to do it in the next month or two to remember it. When that shows up, I'll remember that. Maybe flip through my book for a quick refresher, but I, I kind of got it down. But that's the size of your brain that, and how you think, but not everyone's like I that. I would say, the yeah, the, exactly. But I think you need to identify that. So if you are Bob, and that is hard to uh, get into your brain and yeah. into your memory banks, and you struggle with note-taking, but that's probably what would help the most, or, or hands-on. But hands-on classes are tough to come by. Right, they're they're tough to put on. They're tough to come by. Now, if you identify that, and it will suck, but you would have to try to learn uh, techniques to get that into your memory brain, into your memory banks, to be able to apply that. Whether it's note taking, whether it's uh, reading that white paper and breaking it down in a certain way. And this is probably George Menchu territory I'm in now. But I, I think that is extremely important, as best you can, to identify your how you learn, how you process this data and give yourself the best chance to sit through, you know, four hour class can get brutal if it's new material. That's a lot of stuff to get dumped in your lap and try to process and then eat lunch and go and do it again with something else to try to go back to the shop and not see that for six months. I'm not going to see this type of issue for six months and now it shows up and I I went to that class. I'm going to pull out the book, but you know, is the book for me, I mean, years ago when I first started coming to vision, going to conferences, whatnot, I worked at a shop that I had keys to. If we were slow, everybody, we, I mean, techs leave early or whatever. I could come back from a training event. I could then pull in a car, whatever, and I could try to apply that right away. You play. And I play. Yeah, I love it. Today, uh, I don't play. No, because I don't really. It, it's pain to play. I was well, five. Well, I was but, five but minutes from home. But that's not my your job. tools but were that's there. Not your job whatnot. today. But no, it, it's if, very if, different if, today. If, so. if, but if it was your job and you were a tech in in a shop, would you still play? Well, it depends. What's my pain? I, I live five oh, minutes from the shop. If I live an hour from the shop, no, it's a little bit more difficult to get in. How late am I going to stay? I, I I mean the other shop. I sometimes I'd be there till ten p.m. To, just screwing around with stuff and uh, I mean luckily for me I don't have kids and stuff like that that I I have I mean I don't want to not trying to slam people with kids I mean (laughs) they got responsibilities that I didn't have I understand yeah damn parents 
it, it's just one of those things that, I mean, everybody has different things that they have to deal with in life that uh, can be difficulties or they can be opportunities. I think what a lot of this is coming around and coming back to is how is this training or this going to help me? How am I going to apply it? And if you're not thinking of that while you're in class, I think you're missing out because a lot of the detail that's put into the class is to center to, toward a point or toward some certain understandings that if you don't have that mindset, you can totally miss the point. Well, there's a uh, lot of guys that go into classes and I've been there that look at the class description and say, okay, I'm going in there. And then in the first five, 10 minutes, it's not meeting their expectations. Now they're like, I'm checked out and maybe they leave. Maybe they just sit in the chair. I mean, Sundays are brutal here because everybody's tired. And as a trainer, you're looking out at these guys nodding off practically. And I mean, it's, it's difficult for a trainer to go through that instead of going into the class and saying, okay, I'm going to walk in with an open mind and I want to learn one thing. I want to learn two things and saying, okay, I walked away with something. Mm -hmm. It seems like a high price to pay. Yeah. For one thing. Right. Especially yeah. in the internet age. Right. Where, where there's so much Instant information. Gratification. Right. Yeah. There's so, so much information. Like yeah. That's what we expect. I want this answer. I want it now. Yep. Okay. So you go in with the attitude of learn one thing. You get the book, the handout, you know, you're, let's get to that networking, networking thing in a minute, but you go back to that one thing from that manual and you're, you say you're in a Toyota class. Well, you know where that book is on your shelf or in your cabinet. At least that one thing puts you in the right book to go back and say, ah, oh, you know, I also think we were talking about this. So if it's a strong commitment to learn just one thing, it could eventually take a mind that can't absorb that much and get you into a filing cabinet. And let's hope that that uh, book that you have is, I mean, something that you can actually go back and read. I mean, some of these times you go in and you get uh, four slides to a page or oh, three slides oh. to a page. And yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, I might as well burn this book or leave it at the class because it's worthless. You know, that's yeah. a great point. Or, or And instructors, understandably so, oftentimes will leave details uh, out of the book because they don't want the book hoarder or the book stealer, I guess, you know, they swing the into the classroom. Trainers that, well, uh, yeah, will well, take the material. But also mm -hmm. just, you'd stop by, grab a book, leave, go to right. the classroom, grab well, a book, leave. Plus it costs a lot of money to print things. Right. And so they don't release this information until it's in class and you have to write it down. So, yeah. you know, you have to be present to not only just <laughs> physically present, but you also have to be, you know, paying attention to hear it, to make sure you get it in your book. Which so one have you said on, hoarder? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. There's plenty of people that are, you know, walking around, especially like the the nice world pack books. Oh yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Matt, well, and who said, uh, it, it hands-on classes are great, but they're hard to put on. I did. Yeah. And you've done hands-on classes. I've seen you almost primarily. Yeah. yeah. And so you would, you would know firsthand. Is it that you have to create slides and hands out handouts from these case studies? Uh, it's or is uh, it is to control the class. No, no, the, None of that. It's finding a venue. And then I think from a perspective of putting it on and making money, having enough attendees. And then in my case, okay, we put it on scope class with uh, Scott Schott and I put a scope class on hands-on. And having enough vehicles 
for uh, the ratio of techs or attendees per vehicle. Logistics is a killer. Is that Logistics what you're saying? is bad, and then you know you got to charge enough money to do it. Class size is limited, of course. All right, so what do you do? Dozen, well, dozen or less? Six, depends. eight? Depends. Uh, depends on the venue. Depends on the number of cars. It depends on the trainer. And can you get a helper or two? I, I mean, yep. Pete, I don't, you've never been involved. Pete and I have helped out a trainer. It's just logistics of where you're at. That has put on, I mean, years ago, I facilitated putting on a scope pressure transducer class. All right. Because I'm selfish and I wanted to learn it. So what better for me, what better way to learn it than to get the best trainer that I know that can facilitate it, find the venue and then say, I'll fill the class with people. And I'm not I don't care about making money on this because I'm selfish. I don't want to do anything other than learn this. And well, if I put it on, I don't have to pay any money. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, you now you're on board. He's so smart. He's sitting there talking about how dumb he is. He's freaking brilliant. So, but <laughs> laughing the, all I, the way to the bank. I go to the trainer, and I say, "Hey, uh, I think we should put on this class. Never sell." I said, "If I sell it, you'll put it on." Yep. I had thirty seats that fast, and then the class was sold out again, and the class was sold out again. People came from all over the country and it was great facility great trainer but the other part of the fact was the first time first class was really high level guys so the trainer didn't have to hold too many hands initially the following classes he had helpers i was there not because of my knowledge of doing this because i was helping facilitate but with my limited scope pressure transducer knowledge and by i mean that's not my strong suit at all i was able to help out a little bit mm-hmm. that's what it takes to do hands-on so you knew you needed the class so you wanted to get a facility a, a trainer and then ultimately you could facilitate once you went through the class no i wasn't worried about myself helping but i mean but but you ended up like, learning like matt and harvey used to do I mean, initially the Pico class, you had how many people was, come and help? It was star studded. And, and that's no BS. It was star studded. Pete would help Landry. Uh, we had Scott Groen. We had Eric Ziegler, Matt Hodges, Paul Suter. Every car had a helper and they were top level techs. And, it, and at that time it was bring whatever scope you had. So we, <laughs> we oh, hung Pete with that. some, <laughs> we hung Pete with uh, some questionable pieces of equipment <laughs> does the industry brutal. feel that hands-on <laughs> well, is, is threw me into an otc i'm like i, I would think that the industry thinks hands-on is the way to go um but if you're a, a big uh training company going around dispersing your uh instructors you presenters can't. i think it gets rough i know they've done it i know they try i don't know how the turnouts are get the local vehicle unless it's the vehicle that they're driving Right. And that's only one, one trainer, one vehicle. And and the thing is, if you have your network set up, like right now, today, if I had the class for a hands-on as far as topic wise, and I could find a trainer, I know I have the facility Mm -hmm. that I could put on a a, a hands-on fantastic class. That's not the world that I live in. So I'm not out there facilitating that stuff, but I know I could have it handled today. When I say localized national training, 
And there's been some guys that have actually gotten with their f- fellow friends, you know, a dozen shop owners in town and hired a trainer to come in. And it's been a weekend and it's been a lot of hands on. It's been some theory and some hands on. Is that a trend that we should really be thinking about? Sure. Yeah. The few uh, hands on classes that I've helped with, I, I love doing them. I feel such a great reward watching the light bulbs go on and, and things click because people don't realize that unless you're the one clicking the buttons, this looks so simple, so easy. Yep. I could do this. Yep. Okay, go do it. Uh, so yep. then, you you know, okay, well, let's, let's work through it. Yep. And you work through it and all of a sudden now they can do it and they realize, hey, I can go repeat this on a vehicle. And, you know, it's just that that's that's very rewarding and i don't i think we reach a lot more people that way than we'll ever reach uh sitting in a in a classroom so i've seen pete as a presenter trainer whatever standing in front of a room that is not his calling this is not to put him down by any that was the nicest way you could say that this is not this is not his this is not a put down he is probably the best one-on-one trainer that I've ever come across. He has got more patience, more, let me see what you're doing there. Let me, let me help you move and able to guide somebody into a thought process and move somebody along better Mm -hmm. than anybody I've ever met. How do you take that? Pete's Pete's crying. I don't know. I, I think I'm still sleeping hearing that. I'm not sure. Have you ever heard Bob say that to you before? No, that's a, that's a new one. Wow. So, well, I, he still owes me for the hotel. So, <laughs> you're working on it. <laughs> He's worried about his bill. It's a solid, uh, solid concern. Oh, you know what? No, Stop. I'm I'm serious though. And, and I mean, and not only one on one, like physically present with the person. I've seen him take guys in our company and struggling with a problem and go, uh, let's bring this to private message or phone call, whatever, and guide that person through. He's done it with me. He's done it with many people. He's spectacular at that one-on-one. Here's what I love. There's got to be other Pete's out there in our industry. So when we think about localizing localizing national training and bringing a hands-on with a group, a dozen shops and and a few vehicles to work on in, in the sponsoring shop and everybody's pays the bill and everybody earns a decent living as a trainer, right? Yeah. What, what, what's the next level that says a Pete Landry goes out and, and literally works with a struggling, you know, B to an A or however you want to classify what that tech is. And Pete goes in for a day in shadows and works with an individual. Will that, do you think, ever be a form of training? I don't see that wow. being where most shops would be like, see the cost benefit okay. as far as I, I, I know there with, are others. The other problem with that is there's certain cases that are going to be much more valuable to learn as a foundation piece that you're not going to see day to day. You may not have it at your shop next week, let alone the one day that yeah, yeah, Joe yeah, yeah, shows I get up. That. I get that. Yeah. Um, so the acrylic curriculum needs to be structured in, yep. a, in a way you're teaching circumstance really yeah. issues that are going on at that present time and there's a there's a certain reality to this i i, I use the analogy a lot with diagnosticians you know learning to be a, a, a critical thinker but it, it applies across the board uh for anything that's maybe in the higher levels of repair whatever that may be 
wherever, whatever level that is, that if Pete and I today decided that we're going to become uh, very work together to become very, very good chess players, we're going to just go after it. We're going to challenge each other, play each other online, talk about it, read about it, refer books about it, watch it on YouTube, watch the greats study their games, buy chess programs, really, really challenge ourselves and get better and better and better. You know what? Maybe we get good enough to go and win uh, a couple games in a tournament. Maybe we get good enough to just destroy all our friends. They won't even play us anymore. But there's going to be a limit. And maybe Pete can go on further than I can, no matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, how many videos, training, I'm now paying people to teach me how I can only hit a certain level, and that's just the way it is. I don't grasp the game. It's not an intelligence thing. It's just I don't grasp the game that maybe Pete does nat- more naturally than I do, and he progresses further, but he still can't beat the masters or the really good uh, park players. Or the in- artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, I'm so, not like the he- biggest sports guy, but I know – some analogy and the thing that comes to mind right now for me would be Larry Bird versus Michael Jordan. Larry Bird works his butt off to be what he is. Mm-hmm. Jordan is just natural. Yep. Oh, but, but nobody I, worked harder than Jordan though. You know, uh, Larry Bird. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think anybody worked harder than Jordan. Yeah, that guy some of those insane. guys, they were just, he could have got by. He just could have. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. he could have been a great, he could have yeah. been a good player no matter what, no matter right? what it was his, unparalleled work yeah. ethic that put him as the greatest player of all time. Yeah. But you're, you're not wrong in that line of thinking, you know? No. Yeah. And, but and you, you wouldn't even have to pick on Larry bird. You could pick on a lot. Physical. If you ever watch yeah. some of the um, NBA physical stuff, right. Yeah. Well, Charles Barkley will say there's no bad basketball players in, in the NBA. Yeah. There's just not one mm-hmm. NBA player that sucks. They're all great. Well, I, I bet then, Pete could go on and on about, Natural guys versus oh, sure. uh, other guys with MMA. Yeah. MMA. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, For sure. And that's what I was thinking about with your chest, chest analogy is, uh, you know, I love combat sports. And it's like there's only, you know, so far you're going to go and so much uh, intuition. I learned about MMA the last episode. Uh, what's going on with you on that? Pete, Pete's an MMA guy. Uh, nothing anymore. Just getting fat. It's getting no. fat. <laughs> it was December seventh. You were going to have a, a, I, a bout, and I think it got canceled or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I got my tickets in um, February, though. I, I had the music picked out. <laughs> yeah, that's. Right. Oh, I did too. Kung Fu Fighter. <laughs> oh no, mine was better. What was yours? Paula Abdul knocked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oddly, I didn't uh, take either of your suggestions. <laughs> well, you was a Marvel man, right? <laughs> you think about it. The match begins. The opponent's already doubled over in laughter. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you got probably him. just put yeah. him in a guillotine. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Done. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. the big W for it was, Pete. It, it's Pete's shock and awe. Music. Pete yeah. Pitball and Pitbull. Pit, pit Pitbull. <laughs> There you go. So what what, uh, what hidden thing do you have to talk about, Bob? Like Pete's MMA? You got anything special besides beer drinking? No. All right. You, I, Matt? No. You, Matt? I, I mean, I tried to get better at chess and it didn't work. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a brutal it's game. It's really tough. <laughs> All right. Game. Hey, guys. Uh, I've been taking a lot of great notes, but I want to move into networking. 
Oh, I thought he was kicking us out. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. was, yeah, was going to try to make him hoping. No, but, I was, I was Bob, go. we need more Pete's, but we need less of you. There's the door. <laughs> I was going to do the cheap pop segue back to networking with um, part of that learning process. You might find out that note-taking ain't your thing and theory ain't your thing, but maybe just talking about it with somebody. You know, on the way home from a training class, calling up a buddy, you know, fellow technician that's kind of got the same interest as you do and, uh, you know. A you different perspective. A different huge. perspective and talking about the class all the way home. And our first, it gets our first vision. Yeah. I mean, it was, at that point for me, it was like this whole enlightenment. I don't know what other word. But I'm able to be in a vehicle with, I mean, I knew one person going into it and I met. What three others, four others, yeah. and uh, coming home was a whole different exchange of discussion and topic, and it moved me more and more forward, and it built relationships uh, because we could discuss this stuff. <laughs> so it was having a, I mean, that ride home. Yeah. I mean, the ride here was pretty cool, but the ride home was the, the, <laughs> the ride here was funnier, probably more. Yeah. In- but oh, it's more energetic, right? Yeah. You're excited to go. Well, and you just yeah, they, whipped and beat after the week. They, uh, gave, they gave me a scan tool, so that kind of set the tone. So we can say networking, guys, but you know, get into some detail. Like, well, explain the, to a lot of people. Well, what do you need out of a person that you're networking with? I mean, ultimately, what, what can do you, you look give at? them? But, uh, and what can you give them? But where do you get them? Where do you find them? Let's start. Let's start at ground zero here. Saying hi, my name is. Yeah, you might sit next to him in the class. Instead of like my first vision saying, somebody was saying, hey, look, that's Harvey Chan. And going, okay, I go to my room because I'm intimidated. Yeah. 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 These guys have talked about this a lot on the yeah. show in the last, I think, I think it's been seven or eight episodes. And you'd say, if you, if you don't, if you don't stop by the bar, even if you don't drink, there's, that's the place. Yeah. Pete and I don't drink. Right. But that, but that's where networking happens. And I, I love your point. If whoever you're sitting to left or right of the class, if, if you see somebody that you know, stop them, shake their hand and, and say, hi, I admire you have taken a class of yours. A lot of times cards get exchanged and then, and then you continue to talk about that while you're at vision and you're starting to meet people that have the same energy about a trainer or a topic than you do. And don't shy away from an email, a phone number. You gotta, you, you gotta, you have, if you're going to grow anything in life as a parent, as a, you, you, you gotta expand your network. So now I'm going to have people, aren't you that asshole and remarkable? Yeah. Results? Yeah. Yeah. You're the guy. Yeah. Nobody will talk to you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They say, when they stop me and they say, actually they have, and they said, we, we love those technician interviews and there's that Except. Matt guy and there's that Pete guy and, oh, oh, oh. Expert. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> no, they expertative. <laughs> yeah. You can watch it happen. You you can watch it happen organically. You know, a, a couple of people they sat next to each other in a class, and they bump into each other at the bar. Yeah. And they, maybe they have a couple in them, so you know a little bit of the guard is down. Yeah, a little bit of the guards are down, and it's like, hey, what'd you think of that class? Oh, man. and they get to talking. Next thing you know, they're sitting down and talking. Next thing, and they got so much in common. They're both techs at a shop that's good, bad, getting good, getting bad, blah, blah, blah. Next thing, you know, phone numbers, text messages. One fifteen this morning at the bar, 
bars closed, talking to a few other guys. I'm guessing kid. I'm guessing he was in his 20s. Three sheets to the wind. I mean, he is gone. Walks up, and he hears us talking. And at this point, we're talking about the importance of selling tires in your shop. We've done a show on that. He's This guy's like, tires, tires, tires suck. Yeah. Uh, why would you want to sell tires? You don't make any money at tires. I'm like, no, and you're doing it wrong. It was a whole different. This kid was not ready for this because uh, I'm like, okay, sitting him down. What? What's your job? And he's like, well, I'm to make the customer happy. No, that's not your job. Making money. That's, that's what's next job. thing he said. Yeah. Making money. Make take care of me. No, no that's not your job. Not. And he's like, well, I said your job is to make your boss money. And he's like, huh? I'm like. And then the money should flow down and it should be shared. And if it doesn't get shared, go to the another shop. You've got wheels on your toolbox. Yeah. But ultimately, unless you make your employer money, they cannot share more money with you. So you should be going back to your employer and saying, hey, I was at Vision and these guys said tires are important and we should make money on tires. And, you know. I, I was talking to a couple of M&A guys, mergers and acquisitions, and this whole you know succession plan and guys growing from one store to two to three to four. And uh, I was, and I can't remember who it was. It said we look very carefully if shops are selling tires, and if they're not, that's another you know distraction, or it, it's another check mark, check mark in the in the negative no column. comma. Yeah, and and so I think there's a trend because here here's what I do know is that the purely tire guys. They're going after, you know, regular mechanical work and, and their goals are to at least split their volume, 50 tires and 50, you know, maintenance service mechanical. Well, they've got the customer captured. And there, there's the not service. enough. Parts. Everybody's. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a bigger piece of the pie, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to expand your market. I'm not uh, the type of person to go exchange business cards and try to, I will organically start a conversation probably in some bullshitting type way mm-hmm. um and if we you know sort of develop a relationship and then we kind of see technically do we um do i have something to gain does he have something to gain can we have a decent conversation about it okay cool this is great and majority of the time is yes we can and then we kind of see where our interests are and how they align and if you can't find common ground with somebody else in the industry, it's kind of sad. Okay, so we're yeah. not at Vision. The, the, the 700,000 techs in our industry, whatever. Is that it's, all? It's a close number. It's a close number, but it's up there. And It's really a trade. No, it's not a trade. We're a profession. I'm sorry. But I digress, and so do you. Um, and so do you. You've been told, <laughs> dude. <laughs> How do you like but that? The, wait a minute. Somebody's wait, pretty tough with two tables listen, between them. We know. Asshole opened his we, mouth again. We, listen, listen, we know Bob's role. <laughs> we get it. That's it. That's the. <laughs> we know your role. We finally figured that it out. That is going to get used. <laughs> and so On there's Monday three. Digress. So there's three. <laughs> so there's three thousand texts here. Just say pick a number here. So the, there's a there's a big gap. And so you guys continue to talk about networking here. Once you're not here, how do you build and strengthen your network? Well, the easiest is freaking Facebook. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, who would have ever guessed that that's the resource it's become? Can you rely yeah, on I mean, it? Can you rely on it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it isn't 
inherently good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, it's, it's a network. It's a network. And, you know, as you get more and more knowledgeable, you'll be better at vetting that information. And, but the cool thing about going to training and meeting somebody sitting to the left or right or hanging out at the bar or at lunch is when you get onto social media, now you know those people. Right. And you can add them to your friends and, and get notifications and blah, blah, blah. And then you know and they're overwhelmed and, and you got to leave. And, but. You, and you know their friends because now, now your network builds. All I do is look at, does the guy, gal, wanting to be friends on Facebook, no Matt. <laughs> All I need to know. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we decided on the oh, way here that yeah. that is the criteria yeah. for accepting friend requests on Facebook. If, Matt, they, no if Matt. they know Matt, if they know Matt, Matt, Matt. Right. yeah, they got to be Matt. I, I no, do. they got to be a Matt Fansel friend to be mine. Oh, I, I, I try to yeah. vet them. They don't have to be, but if they are, yeah. automatic. Yes, there, there's been a few that you know they're friends with Carm. I text message Carm like, hey, who texts this guy? What? And friends of mine? Well, yeah. well you know, Facebook know. friends. And oh, then you'll look not and real like, friends. We know that's. Yeah, I get, I, I, get, you. I get people that uh, you're boy, friends yeah. with and not friends with. No, still. Sorry. Oh, I was surprised. I got a Facebook friend request from Jeremy O'Neill. He's yeah. friends with man. I'm still like, I don't know. That guy's sketchy. Uh, uh, he's the man. Uh, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, dear. Do, do you guys know who Chris Collins is? Um, names rings a bell, but, but uh, anyway, Jeremy and him are working together, and he was here yesterday. We did an interview, and it was really, really good. Uh, he's a wait, he's wait a, a toot like your own horn. He, like that's good. Or? Uh, he's here at Vision, and he's a he's a he's a trainer, but been mostly service advisor trainer, but mostly known on the dealership side. So it was really cool to have him here and get his perspective. Hey, I, I want to say something. Uh, I've been taking notes. Because you know that's what I do, right? And and let me let me read these notes to you as we kind of wind this thing down about what we started with in the beginning. We're all digressing. Huh? Bob's an we, asshole. Yeah, we're officially uh, digressing. I, I didn't write that part down though, Bob. No, I, I didn't. Something's going. Um, so don't need to be I've been digressed. <laughs> okay, I've been uh, digressed. Um, let me let me tell you what I wrote down because I, I love this to be. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, bear with me. Training. We talk about uh, what does it take to be a technician today. We talk about training. We talk a little bit about hands-on and we talked about a great question and you may have brought that up how will training help me I, I just love that piece and then we also talked about reading we talked about math skills we talked about being coachable we talked about being a perpetual forever student we talked about when you teach you learn how about identify what type of learner you are how about play find some time to uh, do the things play with the things that you've learned uh, be a critical thinker and networking um, i would like to exchange research for play okay oh i like that or maybe at least yeah. play slash research because yeah. it's, it's an exercise. It's not, I, I don't know. Maybe not. I understand where karma's coming was like me saying I can stay after work and play right. with stuff and whatnot. Yeah. And what Pete's saying is actually you're researching and yeah. learning how to do stuff. You so, go beyond. Right. Mm -hmm. so, go beyond the education. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, learning at one point, if you can consider it play, and it's fun, then awesome. Ooh. Congratulations. Right. Exactly. <laughs> kind of want to tie up an idea we didn't finish with like the chess stuff. You're going to, you're going to hit a limit that, that isn't fundamentally bad. You, it's not a knock because you can be very, very capable. And now management needs to put you in a position to benefit the company the most and thus be able to take care of you too. It's not like a ratings 
that shouldn't be a rating system of, you know, to a point. And management now has to plug you in a position to succeed. So maybe you're not the highest level, but at the level you are at, you're a, a producer. A very that important can, spoke in the wheel. You're still. very important spoke in the wheel, and you can produce at that level, and they can put you in a position. They can structure the business around you to maximize your profit for the shop, and thus money in your pocket and whatever. You know. Or value to the team. Sure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want that to sound like, "Hey, you're only going to get this good." Sorry, dude. Yeah, that's the end of it. I wrote down. It's a little doom and gloom if you say it that way. I know. Right? <laughs> My twelfth bullet point is. The chess factor, and let me tell you what I what I wrote it it to be is how far can you go, and to, to, if you if you reach your limit, live within it kind of thing, and 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 if not, maybe there's a point in time, a year down the road that something clicks and you can go to then you can become the chess master. Yeah, and you shouldn't not strive to be better. To you be better, to, right? You have to, you know. Cool. Um, Reach your limit. Don't live within it. Yeah. Keep, it, keep striving for better. Yeah. Another thing that popped in my head when we were talking about the training stuff is check your ego at the door. For and sure. then not even the door of the classroom, but when you're looking at over the classes and you're looking at what to take, and it's always the most advanced thing you can find. And really, should you be in that scope class when you don't have a grasp of fundamental electricity? And, and that's not yeah. a knock. I'm, I'm not even thinking about specific people, but it happens all the time. Vision one. Yeah. For, I mean, I'm okay. I, I'm going through all the steps to figure out what classes I should take, whatnot. I meet Matt and some other people. And the ride out here, I quickly grasp that they're at a higher level than I am. I've got my class schedule set up. And then I'm, we're here. We're talking. And what classes are you guys taking? This idiot over here is like, I'm taking Scalar's basic electricity. And I'm like, oh, what? one of the best classes yeah. I ever took. I'm like, if you're taking it, I'm taking it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And, and we walk in, sit down. Guy looks at Matt, our other friend, says, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell out of here. And I'm like, okay, oh, Scalar said that to you? They, yeah. Okay. Oh. They know each other. Wait a minute. What's going on here? But you knew you needed it. You wanted oh, yeah, it. You I had to have it. it. Yeah. What one of the greatest classes there is. If you can take yeah. Dave Scaler's basic electricity class, fly to where it's being presented. Right. Yep. yep. It's worth it. I took it a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also took Thornton's fundamental. I think it's called fundamental electronic or electric fundamental electrical or something like that. Or yeah. funda- I think it's a two part. Two of the best classes I ever took, and they both, you know, one has basic in the title, one has fundamental in the title. And, uh, in fact, I think I took a fundamental class, like, just a couple years ago, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, Mana's got that um, critical thinking type class that he... Yep, another great, yeah. I mean, there's just certain stuff that it's like, you think that you are this big all knowledge, I've gotten to this certain level, and you go back to this class that is literally labeled basic and you go holy crap it's a ta-da moment well or they they end up taking these quote-unquote advanced classes that are probably labeled that way just so they could put butts in the seat i mean that's the truth they spend time on all these basics well really because they have to yeah because you have this idea in your head that either a you're going to grasp it if it was advanced or b the fact that it's advanced and if i can get my head wrapped around the advanced 
then I'll automatically understand all these fundamentals. They're it changing the titles to get butts in the seats, not to sell the class, yes. but to convince the ego yes. to yeah. go to but the advanced basic class. What, what would advanced what do you basic think, class? <laughs> what do you think? The, what do you think the percentage of technicians out there is that know how to do a proper voltage drop? I digress, and so do you. Uh, well, well, it's he, a super high percentage, right? Well, they, they may be doing it. Oh, that don't know. That yeah. don't know oh, how yeah, to okay, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a super high percentage of guys that have been in the industry trade for a long time. The profession. That uh, <laughs> profession would imply some profession. So, we're talking about I got to leave that. All right. But I'm they, turning they, the. I'm, this is, we're done. They, they, they claim to be this. And they don't know how to do one of the most basic tests there are. So, so th thanks for bringing that up here at the end. That the, you think you know it until you go to a basic. And people have said to me, "I go every three years just to keep myself grounded." And you know, because there's the, there's three particular laws, and you know. I think in shop class many, many years ago we went through this. I respected it, but I had no clue. No clue how electricity works. And today, that computer that runs on those four tires is all about it. It's Sometimes I wonder how it works when I perform a capacitive discharge. What the hell? I thought, yeah. yeah, and it's, We I can discuss could, some yeah, theories about that. Yeah, yeah, and you could run with that where, you know, you can run your phone you know, you know how to do these tasks on the phone, but do you know really what's going on inside? Right. And like then do you really need to know? Like at a computer science level? Yeah. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. And, and I've, I've had that. I think I brought it up in um, New York about electricity. Like the, that's kind of where that applicability versus accuracy, I think collides where you really need to know quantum field theory to fix taillights. Yeah. I don't think do so. a voltage drop. You need to know a voltage drop. Yep. Absolutely. And wait till those quantum computers come out and we rethink it all. We won't be thinking at all. No, it won't have we to. Won't have to. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for being here. Um, this is good. You'll be told what you need yeah. to know before you even realize you need to know it. The yeah. algorithms will be that good. There was a, We're going to do an episode this afternoon with uh, Scott Brown, Chris Chesney, and, uh, and Dwayne Myers. They were last week out at the Southwest Research That's Institute. Right. Uh, yep. uh, they have this, it's an unbelievable company that works in the automotive. NASA is their biggest customer. Chris stopped in, uh, I think it was Thursday, and, and I said, so what's been going on? He said, I was at Southwest Research Institute with Auto Care. And, and he says, Carm, you should see what they're working on for the autonomous car. And he told me. And I says, stop. Can you be here Thursday afternoon? And so I have uh, Chris, Scott, and, and Dwayne coming in. And he just shared some most fascinating uh, stuff about what the cameras are now being able to see and the algorithms are being able to interpret way before the actions on the street happen. Yeah. And, and not that it, not that the, this video is to that level, but Scott Brown has a video up on YouTube. You might find it through him or diag.net that he's got a camera running with some NVIDIA yeah. software. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, you it's see impressive. The, the Bozo, the clown thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it, impressive. It, yeah. And, and I, and I, and I mean to interview Scott all about that too. We were talking about that NVIDIA unit on the way here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that what he's using? I think so. Oh, 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know what he was using. Yep. Matt Fonslow, Pete Landry, Bob Pipe, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us again. You may now digress. So I guess I'm out. And is Eric or Justin in to replace me? <laughs> oh, well, Justin. You know what? We should Nobody let, could replace We you. should ask the audience who they want to vote for to replace you. <laughs> Bye. That would be entertaining. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. Bye.